Hey guys, I'm back. Jason here with Whatsoever's True. And uh, as always, you know, we're just jumping right into it because I don't have any technical skills whatsoever. All I do is talk and teach and <laughs> that sort of thing. So uh, if you're looking for good music, uh, we're going to have to get a, somebody involved with this thing to help me out. But I don't think you listen to a podcast like this because you want to hear good music. You want to hear the word of the Lord applied to life and what you're seeing right now. And I think that is a massive crisis, which is why I'm doing this. Of course, I teach a Bible study at my local church, and, and I'm kind of sharing that with you here. This isn't the same thing I'm teaching, well, you know, word for word, but it is. So it kind of gives you a chance to be there. Um, anyway, we're, we're, we're in First Timothy chapter 3, and we're talking about elders and deacons. And, and in this one, I want to talk about Christian men, real Christian men, because that's a problem today with understanding the church, right? And understanding the culture. There's a lot of talk about toxic masculinity and the patriarchy and so forth. And so I think it's really important for us to get this subject and wrap our head around it biblically, right? It doesn't matter what we think of the text. It matters what God thinks of the text. And there's a lot of damage being done in Bible studies and in pews everywhere because people are being asked, well, what do you think of it? Well, the way to solve this problem is remember, God wrote it. God knows what it means. <laughs> God wants us to know it for a particular reason. So we take any text out of Scripture. Let's say we take one line, one verse, and then we take the rest of the Bible and we stand it on top of that verse. And that's how we avoid error and heresy. Now, the point here is that the qualifications for elders and deacons are character. A sound doctrine, professional faith, but then character. Why? Well, glad you asked. Why? Because sin... Personal sin will always lead to heresy. Personal sin will always lead to unfaithfulness. Always. Sin makes men weak. So biblical men are men who take self-control and the disciplines of the Lord seriously. The world looks at men and goes, okay, uh, you know, how, how much money are you making? You know, how, how big a truck do you have? <laughs> that kind of thing. And, uh, you know, how good of an athlete are you? That kind of stuff. And I see it in my personal field all the time with martial arts is that you know, people will say about fighting, we'll find out who's a better man. And I always like to answer to that and say, well, when you mean better man, you mean the man with better 401k, the man that, that, that uh, has got less debt, that, that's, that's a better husband, better father. Uh, what are you talking about? Well, see, the, the premise in that is that violence settles, that's the bottom line, not righteousness. So as always, the great theme here is that we want to conform our thinking to Scripture, not the other way around. We want to make sure that we're thinking biblically. Now, that's going to open up this great, the majesty of the Lord, the divinity of God, which is clearly perceived in the things that have been made, the, the wonderful awesomeness of God's creation and arts and friendship and family. Those are great things. Sin distorts them. Sin kills love. It destroys family and friendships and productivity and so forth. So it's so important. It's incumbent upon us to do this. Now, this is what I mean in terms of, 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 of manliness. Biblical manliness is faithfulness to the Lord. And biblical manliness is not you being a worldly version of the alpha male. And you know why, you know why I'm saying that? Because as Christians, we have the alpha male, Jesus Christ. We're not it. Sin will make cowards of us all. So the, the lines here in, in, in 
in First Timothy about you no know, and the last one I just covered like the the elders let me move to the deacons quick and and notice this how much similarity here between them deacons likewise must be men of dignity not double-tongued uh, and that's people who talk double-tongued at the principle and type uh, because people in the church are going to be coming to us because we're spiritual in this regard because they know we make a stand with the Lord and so forth and we probably exude more wisdom than, than some other people who are preoccupied with worldly things, we're going to probably find out, especially deacons, we're going to find out things about people that are personal. So we've got to be controlling our tongue. We can't just be bad-mouthing people behind everybody's back. And uh, double-tongue meaning uh, you're, you're, you're presenting one thing one way to somebody, maybe to their face, and then behind their back, some, somebody else, you're criticizing them. Now, I'm not saying that, that, a, that a Christian person never talks to another Christian about a problem someone else had, but it will be in the vein of grace to build them up in, in Christ. That's, that double tongue means you're consistent in the principles and the convictions that we have in Christ. Okay, That's going to take courage and consistency. Okay, Not double tongue or addicted to too much wine. Okay, That goes right back. Say the same thing to the elders. Say same thing to the elders. And... Or fond of sordid gain. What's that again? Goes goes right back to uh, verse three earlier in the chapter about elders that they're free from the love of money. Sordid gain. That doesn't say that. Notice what it doesn't say. It doesn't say that the elder or deacon shouldn't be a successful business person that loves their job, that loves their work. It doesn't say that. That, that later on, and this is something we'll cover in more in detail later, but. Don't let that. Don't let the scientific materialists and, and and the secular humanist Marxists color your thinking. A successful business person, in this case, where somebody says, "I love, I love working. I love my job. I love my, you know, uh, factory or farm or or sort of martial arts school, or in my case, or writing or or graphic design." You are called to work. Men are called to do something. And create and love the Lord. That's one of the reasons so many men fall into obsessions with with sports, porn, and that kind of thing, gambling, because they're 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 not dedicated in the Lord to vocational excellence. Okay, sordid gain and love of money is wanting something for nothing. That's the opposite of that. That's irresponsibility. That's the, the whole Bitcoin thing. I want to get something for nothing. I want to get on this train and be one of the lucky ones that 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 gets ahead of the game and makes money. That's, that's not biblical. We are supposed to love productivity in the Lord. Okay? But going back to verse 9, but holding to the mystery of the faith with a clear conscience, the mystery of the faith, he's making reference to the, the, the awesomeness of salvation through faith alone in Jesus Christ, which was a mystery to the Old Testament, you know, the, the Jews of that time. This is the mystery to them, not to us anymore. These men must also first be tested. Again, not a new convert. They must first be tested. You cannot just give people positions of leadership. You've got to hold them accountable. I've made this mistake in my past of, of just knowing that Lord saved me by grace alone. Then to, I've kind of lowered the bar of productivity for people who profess the faith. Christians should be known for excellence and for consistency and trustworthiness. Okay, There's a lot of trouble with that in the world that Christians are kind of known as being sentimental saps who are, are, are more worried about you using a bad word than they are about the fact that they were late for work, okay, or that they didn't do a very good job. They're all bent out of shape because you 
might have might have said something you shouldn't have said, but but this this atheist does a great job and is faithful to his employees or to his his work group or whatever. But the the so-called Christian is nitpicking about the way that they talk sometimes. Meanwhile, the Christian is is terrible at work. That is not biblical. Now, I'm not saying that that it's I'm condoning people using profanity at work. I'm simply saying you've got to look at this in terms of the the overall arc of Scripture and the intent here. Your primary objective is to be a person, a man or woman in this case, but, I'll, but I'm speak, speaking specifically to men, of excellence in whatever you do. Do it with all your heart, all your focus, all your passion in the name of the Lord. If you stink at what you do, if you're terrible at it and you're lazy, don't tell people you're a Christian. Fix that, okay? Fix that. That's going to speak volumes. That's one of the problems we have in culture is people do not see Christians as great, trustworthy workers of, of, of great competence and skill. That is, that is terrible, awful, and uh, we need to stop that. So, <clears throat> so these men should be tested, and you test it by looking at the quality of their life, right? That they are beyond reproach. And so now we go, so women must be likewise dignified, not malicious gossips. Now, this goes into thinking men, men can't be intemperate, I and mean, men can be gossips too, but once again, you're getting into types and categories that have a tendency for the, to try to gain power. There's a type of person, some, some women, that are going to be much more prone to like teenage girls gossiping about each other. Men, young, young boys are often you know, pretty violent with each other. I know I was with my, with my, my teenage friends, and we were, we were brutal to each other. We'd play, we'd play football with no pads on, and we just beat the tar out of one another, man. We were just rough, rough young boys. Um, and there was a limit to that. There was a, a danger to it. We'd, we'd drive too fast. We'd be daredevils. These are things that need to be checked. They are good qualities that men want to test themselves. And, and uh, that's good. That, that aggression's good. However, it, it can be taken in, in a sinful direction. So the same way, women have a tendency, one of the best qualities that the Lord has given them is they're very, very loving in, sen in the sense that they, they think about what people feel. They're a little bit more compassionate. That can lead in the sinful side to gossiping about them, okay? And to be, to be nitpickers, to be, to be uh, hypercritical, have a very critical spirit. You know, a lot of guys aren't like, they don't really have critical spirits that way. They, they, they kind of go the other way with their sin. So what the scripture is doing is it's catching all of us and saying, you've got to be careful with the gifts and qualities you've been given that the enemy doesn't take it and run to an extreme with it. Okay? So, not malicious gossips, but temperate, faithful in all things. Deacons must be husbands of only one wife and good managers of their children in their own household. It's these same qualities you got from elders. You know, they're going to be of a different station. But see what's going on here? You may not have the same gift someone else has. Someone else might be, and, and I said in the previous podcast, elders and pastors must be, must be more capable of handling pressure when it comes. And like deacons and your general thing, you're not going to have as much pressure. You're still going to get pressure, but you're not going to have as much pressure because you don't have all of the congregation coming to you. But you're still good managers of their children and their own household. For those who have served well as deacons obtain for themselves high standing and great confidence in the faith that is in Christ Jesus. Okay, and I'm writing these things to you, Paul goes on, hoping to come to you before long. See, he just loves Timothy. He wants to be there. That's his Christian fellowship, just love. 
Uh, but the love is not devoid of truth. It's not devoid of structure. It's not devoid of, of, of doctrine, sound doctrine. But in case I am delayed, I write so that you will know how one ought to conduct himself in, and this is a critical thing, guys, the household of God. The church, the church is not our church. You know, that's not my, that's not my seat, right? <laughs> that's not, that's not my corner of the pew. This is God's church. And, and we need to be reverently in awe of that fact. So how do we conduct ourselves in the household of God, who is, you know, the church of a living God? In the household, right, of God, which is the church of a living God, the pillar and the support of the truth. The church is to be the pillar and the support of truth. Elders and deacons are there as men of God, serving us, leading us, and, 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 and keeping us in tune with sound doctrine, and when controversy and pressures arise, persecution arises, they are to be pointing the way to the truth as a pillar of truth. Again, it's holding things up. I like the word pillar because I want to go back to that in a second, but, um, and this is, this is so important. When you look at the Old Testament, look at the life of Samson. Samson, Samson's a, really Samson, if you, you could have an uh, Avengers, a biblical Avengers, he's, he's, he's Captain Israel, right? You get Captain America, he's Captain Israel. And, and he's, he's the bomb, right? You look at that, he's a man's man. He's killing Philistines, he's, he's a man. The women love him. However, this causes Samson to indulge in the flesh. And so we know the story that Samson continued to go off after women who were not biblical and, and, to, and to fall in love. He was clearly a romantic, and, and uh, he loved romance. He loved women. And uh, he wasn't looking at women in a godly way. He was looking at women after the flesh. And, and not that romance or, or sex are bad, but they're bad outside the context of the Lord and outside the context of, as we just saw here, deacons must be husbands of only one wife. Samson could have read that. He should have. He needed that. He, he should have, well, he should have been faithful to it. He knew it. And it ended up being his demise. So when you talk about the pillar, that's what he brought down. When, he, when at the end, he's lost his eyesight. He's been ashamed. He's been humiliated. And, uh, and now the enemies of the Lord are gloating over him. And they're gloating over God, thinking they won because of the fall of Samson. So it cost him his sin, cost him everything. His indulgence in the flesh cost him his life. And, and it brought dishonor to the Lord's name. So as, a, as an elder, as a deacon, as a Christian man, you may not be an elder or a deacon, but I think you should aspire to be one and, and learn sound doctrine and, 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 and stay involved in your church and be tested through these things about, how, about winning the small battles every day with sin in your life and so you can be faithful. And that is a wonderful thing. What does the scripture say here? You obtain for, them, for yourself a high standing. The world looks at, again, wealth, you know, how much money are you making? And, and we have a tendency to do that, right? We see somebody pull up in a, in a brand new brand new uh, Lexus or a brand new truck. And I'm a truck guy. So uh, you think that guy's more successful than a guy pulls up in a, in a 15-year-old little little you know, Corolla or something. All right, well, okay, that's the way the, 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 that's our minds conform to worldly categories. How do I know the guy getting out of that Corolla doesn't have incredible faithfulness. That that man, every night before he goes to bed, he he uh, he sits there and he strokes his wife's hair and prays for her as she falls asleep. And he's outside his children's bedroom on his knees praying for them because he knows that they have a test in the morning or they're struggling with something going on and uh, personally. And he is a man of prayer 
and and he's learned to control his his temper he's learned to control his tongue and he's clearly he's not perfect but he is clearly growing in christ and his family knows that he loves them with a great passion and that he is most afraid of more than anything else is that he's afraid that his sin opens the door for the enemy to be involved in the lives of his of his of his wife and his children and the guy in the truck gets out and he's been very successful at work and yeah he's coming to church but he doesn't pray over his children he doesn't pray with his wife that much uh you know he's 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 sort of backsliding or maybe he's sort of treading water and 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 he's not really going anywhere um this is these are things we can't see and this goes to saul uh saul was another example of a failed leader as soon as pressure hit saul he failed because the world looked at saul and said man he's tall he's handsome he's outgoing this is a man god sees the heart and that's why they need to be tested. That's why we need to, to, and you need to be tested. I need to be tested. These are good things for us, right? Please don't be the, the, the conformed, the male conformist world, goes to CrossFit or BJJ class and, and, or Muay Thai, goes and works out, sweats, thinks, yeah, man, that's awesome. That's a good workout. But then when spiritual struggle hits you, you're a wimp and you're a weasel. Spiritual struggle hits you and you get tempted by lust and you cave. You get tempted by uh, insecurity and you cave. You get all sullen and sulky. You don't talk to your family. You stay at work late so you can avoid the responsibility, the difficulty of having your fingers dirty with the soil of the hearts of your family, as my pastor so wonderfully put that in his excellent book, Masculine Mandate. I would definitely recommend you read that. That's a Christian man. The alpha male is Jesus Christ. We have faith in Christ. Don't worry about being an alpha male. Don't worry about anything. Be God's man. Don't be the world's man. Okay? Don't try to be the man. Be God's man. And he will make straight your paths. That's the lesson here. Sound doctrine, the pillar of truth in God's church. And you love the church because you love the people of God because you are saved. That's why Paul finishes chapter 3 by, he says, common confession, great is the mystery of godliness. <clears throat> What does he do? He, he, he keeps lapsing into uh, doxology. He keeps last, lapsing into praise of the Lord. He who was revealed in the flesh was vindicated in the spirit, seen by angels, proclaimed among the nations. If Paul can't contain himself. One thing about the Apostle Paul is Paul never got over being saved. Believed on in the world and taken up in glory. He's, he's, he's constantly, he can't get over the fact that he's, he's, he's been saved. And that's the same thing that happened in Exodus 14 after the Egyptians come into the sea and, and, and the Lord saves them from, from the encroaching Egyptian army. They, 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 chapter 15 of Exodus is the Song of Moses. So praising, praising God, praising his, his man. So I'll finish with this. In everything that we're doing, we need, we need biblical men. The, the left and the wokesters are all bent out of shape about the patriarchy. Let me say, God doesn't care what they think. God ordered a patriarchy. God's world is hierarchical. It's not a, a homogenous, uh, egalitarian mess, okay? There are distinctions in this world because God has made them. And if we're going to be happy, it's because we're blessed, which means we're, we're living in conformity to the will of God. And if we're more afraid of offending wokesters than we are of the Lord, we're, we're really in trouble and we're in danger. Our, 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 our homes are in danger. Now, Christian men, remember this. What good does it do for you to say, well, hey, anybody ever came out to my wife or, or my child and I'd, I'd shoot him or I'd bite him or I'd do whatever? What good is it for you to do that? But then leave her souls exposed to the enemy and his attacks because you yourself 
are caving into sin. Pressure is going to come, brother. Pressure is going to come. And you need, you need to man up in Christ. That's what you need to do. You need to man up in Christ by being faithful. Be a man of prayer. Be a man of the word. Be a man of, of the confessions in, 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 and, the, and the common means of grace. Go to church. Be involved. And continue to grow in the spirit. And those, So you have these convictions, but then you have to have the courage to, to, to beat the temptations. And then persecution comes. That's the way the pattern goes. And what we have is we have a bunch of weak-minded men that, that cave, into, cave into the temptations personally, although that, you know, it doesn't matter how big your biceps are, right? If you're, if you're addicted to porn, that's not going that, to that's not gonna fly. That's what I mean. That's what the, out, the world's looking at the outward appearance. And, and so there's a knee-jerk reaction. So the world's going woke and it hates the patriarchy. So I'm going to become this sort of, I'm going to grow a bunch of facial hair. And there's nothing wrong with that. But I'm going to grow a bunch of facial hair and get a big truck and, and start doing some CrossFit and try to be a man. Like, well, all of those things are fine, not saying they're not, but the point of it is that you be a man by being a man of God. And that's what chapter 3, 1 Timothy chapter 3, is telling us. Be a man of the Lord. And that means you are these qualities in faith, in Christ, saved. And that's what this world needs. It needs and the church needs it. Needs it bad. Families need it. Need, they need it bad. If we have a crisis in this culture, it is because men have been literally eviscerated. Men of God are gone, have gone missing. And uh, hopefully this will be helpful. You know, obviously women listening to this, uh, you know, let me tell you, um, you know, we want women of the Lord. And we have this right here too in First Timothy. It mentions the women. Uh, we, we are all in this together. And we are the Lord's. And, and he... he orders this and he has ordered life and given us the categories that we exist in for our fidelity, for our, or for our felicity, for our happiness. And we are to be faithful to these things. And that's where we find true blessedness. So as always, I'll sign off with saying, I hope this has been edifying. I hope it's been God glorifying and, and, and faithful to the text. And uh, it leads you to, to just discover the awesomeness of God and how he is so wise and so loving. And yes, so holy that he calls us to himself in faith and uh, not sloppy living. So, all that said, thank you so much for listening, and I'll catch you guys next time.